Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. $208,098 from 4,567 backers is where the Glyph campaign ended. Gentlemen, the warmest of congratulations to you. Thanks. Thank you. What an incredible result. Um, Much more than I expected. I would assume much more than you guys expected. Yeah, for sure. Not that I thought, you know, it wasn't amazing. You couldn't hit these heights, but... I mean, you know, we were talking last time. The fact that it crossed as the biggest project was amazing, and then to cross, yeah. I guess, a next milestone or like a next kind of thing, which would be two hundred thousand, right? Is interesting. It's uh, it's quite a quite a thing to put in the history books of Studio Neat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It feels, uh, you know, like we mentioned before. You know, I think we were things were getting feeling feeling dicey, uh, like with the company. Uh, but now it doesn't feel as dicey, um, and so you know, it's really about feeling mostly. But um, but that's good. That's nice. It, it it really and it makes us. You know, we've been thinking a lot, kind of about the future, and actually taking a step back and thinking. You know, if we were going to start the company again now, like what would we do differently? And so. No, it's good. It's uh, it's nice. It's a really nice kind of not breath of fresh air, but it just feels like uh, we can be looking forward towards the future more. Uh, so that's great. And I guess it's kind of and giving you now, you know, maybe then you can speak to this a bit of the security that I guess the the hope that Obi would give, right? Like you guys are kind of I expect you're going to be okay for a while now because you've had this big project. You've got a, a big kind of role behind you. There's a lot of customers, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're still keeping our mindset, which I think we've talked about in other episodes where we want to be putting out products more frequently than we have in the past, instead of relying on these kind of blockbuster big hits. Um, so it's good to just like know that like this one succeeded and it's going to be a solid foundation for us, and it will potentially uh, be a source of inspiration for like other products that are related to it. Um, so that's good, but I think our mindset hasn't changed. That it's just like you know we still want to be making things instead of kind of just like resting on the success of this project. So how are things going now? You've put the glyph up for pre-order on the Studio Neat website. Um, and you put out a little update. I guess now it's just a case of waiting on stuff. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we you know we've been um, getting everything kind of set and rolling with production. So we have you know submitted, filed several rounds of designs to uh, to make the, the kind of the main injection molding manufacturer's part for the main glyph, and that is always a kind of a big thing and. You know, the countdown of that is like eight to ten weeks. <laughs> it's like how long it takes. Like we won't, after everything's finalized there, we won't hear from them for like at least six weeks. Like they're just doing stuff, like doing 
design of the tool and then uh, like making the tool. So there's kind of a long waiting there, but kind of the build up to it is like a lot of work. And then um, all the kind of accessories with the handle and the wrist strap we've been getting going on, um, you know, finalizing production and stuff for that. And we're going to hopefully try to get that out of the way as quickly as quick as we can. And we're working with a local supplier here for the wrist strap. So that's really nice. Having local people is like really awesome. Um, and then we're working with um, a company we've worked with before up in Maine to do the wood part of the handle. So that's like nice and familiar. So all of that stuff feels, you know, good. We don't expect any problems there. It's all pretty straightforward and I've kind of got that all ironed out. So that's good. Um, so yeah, things are moving along. I mean, you know, it's never fast enough, right? Like <laughs> we're, we're trying to hit like a, you know, like a pre Christmas deadline. Cause it'd be really nice to be able to sell this thing and like ship it, uh, in the holidays, we might be able to eke that out. I don't know, but it's like, you know, weeks really matter. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we're trying to push for that, but it is, you know, there's not a ton to report cause it's all like little, you know, like little tiny changes to like digital files that are really boring or something. Right. But I think pretty soon we'll have some more kind of meaty updates. Um, that are, you know, in terms of like interesting progress, but yeah, at this point, it's basically just, you know, like uh, like I tweeted yesterday or maybe the day before, I ordered like fourteen hundred meters of rope, <laughs> like from a company, <laughs> you know, uh, which is like you know a weird thing to do, uh, you know, stuff like that, where it's just like okay, I, or like I'm getting a sample for the key rings, you know, from the final supplier we pick for that, you know, that go on the end of the wrist strap. So it's just you know. It's like little boring stuff, but it is. it feels good whenever you're kind of ticking off these final boxes, right? Uh, so it always feels good to submit a PO. That's kind of like my, uh, I don't know. It, it, for some reason, like whenever we submit a PO, it's like the best feeling because it, it means we've like made all the decisions and it's like, okay, it was like, it's like the tr- transfer into the manufacturer's hands. Um, and we're, we've been submitting POs, so that's good. It's crazy though, the tooling... The tooling for the glyph is going to... Guess how much money the tooling for the glyph costs, Mike. I, I'll give you a hint. You could buy three Honda Civics for the cost of the tooling. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like $63,000. All right, you need to explain to me what, what, how, like hundreds of thousands of dollars seems kind of crazy. Uh, I don't understand what it is. Yeah, so it's kind of insane. Uh, so basically, it's a big piece of steel that they put a lot of man hour work into uh, kind of milling out with like a CNC machine uh, and getting very precise fits. And there's kind of several like moving cams that uh, all move. So it's a pretty complex thing. Um, it just takes a ton of labor and a ton of design work because the tolerance is on tooling like that. And this is like hardened steel. Um are plus or minus five thousandths of an inch, which is like smaller than a human hair. So it's a very labor-intensive process to make this steel tool. And we have uh, two, well, three uh, tools. Um, And these are the tools that do the injection molding. So these tools can make like hundreds of thousands of parts if need be. So they're like hardened steel. They're made to be used over and over again, yet be very high precision. So injection molding tooling is just very expensive. These are the most expensive tools we've ever bought because the glyph 
is pretty complex mm-hmm. um uh in the in the way it's like molded but uh yeah it's crazy it's like $63,000 for all of the tools um like together and it's just like you know it's crazy when you think like you could buy several cars for that price uh and yet it's just like a piece of steel that's getting made one off but it's just because it's like you know it's it's just so much labor uh and like machine time and stuff like the machines that make these things are like several hundred thousand dollars right so it's really expensive to take up hours and hours of a machine uh a machine's time so anyways yeah it it, it is crazy uh it's very crazy but uh you know that's what's what's gotta be (laughs) tom do you want to just briefly explain why there are three tools like what the three tools are doing to make the yeah yeah sure um so there's there are there's kind of three main plastic parts of the glyph uh like if you were to take it apart in your hand there's like four parts uh there's a lever part this plastic and so there's a tool that makes four of those levers at once so it'll mold four of those levers at one time. And then there's a tool that will make, we're calling it the inner and outer, but basically like the top and bottom kind of parts of the glyph. Um, so there's one tool that makes two of those at once, two of each at once. So that's one tool. That one's like a very like $28,000 tool or $27,000 tool. Wow. Um, and then we have a tool that those parts go back in that overmolds the soft rubber on the pads. So these like plastic hard parts go back in another tool and injection into that is a softer like rubber material for the pads. And so so that are these kind of like molds and stamps that get attached to other parts of machinery? Yes. Like when you say it's a tool, like you're not building a machine, right? No, it's a it's a basically a thing of steel and there'll be several hundred pounds each. And it goes on an injection mold machine right. that, like, uses those as kind of like a mold half and opens and closes it and injects uh, plastic at high pressure into it that's hot. Um, and so, you know, it closes, opens, and there's actually a person that stands there and puts the tripod inserts into the mold as it's running. So it opens, they put the tripod inserts in, it closes, the plastic flows in, and then opens and then ejects the part. So... It's this process, and we'll, and I think we'll probably maybe go take video, but we have videos on our website of, like, kind of what that process is like um, with, like, the original glyph and stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing that's kind of built into that cost is, you know, there'll be several weeks of us tweaking the molds to get the fit right. And so, you know, they'll, you know, kind of send us samples, kind of massage the mold, uh, you know, maybe tweak some things, run samples again. So... There's also some kind of sampling and adjustment built into that cost too, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So that's, I mean, that's why making plastic parts out of injection molding is such a big capital upfront investment because these tools get crazy expensive. I mean, and these tools are relatively small. Uh, they make injection mold tools that will mold a whole chair in one go. Like if you see a plastic chair at IKEA that's that's molded plastic, it's like a huge injection mold thing or like the the like front of your car the interior that plastic that's like one tool and that i don't know how much that tool costs but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars i would guess so it's crazy uh it's crazy i assume they're also super expensive because they're all like one-off custom things right exactly yeah exactly it's like a lot of work 
the steel isn't that expensive, a couple thousand dollars maybe, but it, it's just a ton of work to get the design, do the machining, do all the testing and the fitting. Because it's like a lot of manual process still too. Yeah. Because it's like professional machinists making these things. Because when, you, when, you, when you're making something of precision, that, that's a high precision, it's... It's crazy. Uh, Things change the way you make things, and it's really interesting. So is it made by humans or machines, like robots? Both, both. Both. So, um, I mean, the human is always using a machine because, you know, it's it's really high precision. But, you know, they'll they'll do things like... um, you know, I have a mill that's not a CNC mill to like grind down a surface to like, you know, a micron, uh, like a, you know, a tenth of a, a thousandth of a millimeter. Like there's, there's, there's operations they do that are more manual, but I would say most of the machining is probably done with a big CNC mill that, you know, does almost all of the kind of features and all that stuff. And then they might have some polishing or grinding operation to really hone on something that they'll use like a Bridgeport mill or something. So, um, and then, you know, sometimes they'll make like, they'll make jigs or make tools to be able to make this tool. So it just depends. I mean, it's really, it's pretty amazing. And I will try to get renders of the injection mold tools and see how complex they are. But it's an amazing amount of work that goes into a really well-made injection mold tool. There's springs, there's all kinds of things that move. There's water that flows through the tool all the time to keep it cool so they have to cut like water channels and it's it's a really complex thing um but the nice thing is once that tool is made it doesn't change and you can make parts really cheaply so that's the thing is you, you spend all this money to make this tool but then you can quickly make cheap parts and so that's why it's it's worth it um like we 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 got pricing where we could have had the tooling be almost half the cost um but there's less cavities, and so it makes the parts more expensive because um, mm. they're only making one at a time instead of two. And so when you uh. extended that price over like 10,000 units that we're making in this first run, uh, it, 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 it equals out or starts to equal out, right? So that's, you're kind of investing in, the, in getting a lower part cost down the road by having more expensive tooling up front. So, you know, it's, it's this kind of weird game, but... Um, yeah, I mean, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting and crazy. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see those, like, professional machinists and what they can do and, like, you know, how they can get things so accurate and all this stuff. It's, it's really neato. And how long does the tool last for? Um, I think around 100,000 parts is a normal, and then it'll start to have some wear, and they usually will have to take it and, like, grind some surfaces or do some things to kind of just, if there's any, like, damage or anything to it. Um, but then, yeah. you know that doesn't cost that much money. And then, you know, it still has more life because it's hardened steel. It's like hardened tool steel. So it's uh, very, very hard and durable. All right. So whilst we're going to keep talking about the glyph stuff as it comes up, right? Because we're kind of, we hopefully have a long thing on our hands to talk about here as we go through the the whole (laughs) campaign and the production and the manufacture and all that stuff. There is something on the horizon a little bit sooner, which actually affects all of us with our own work, which is an Apple event. So uh, mm-hmm. next week, Apple is going to be having their September event, which we expect is iPhone related. Now, I'm sure considering that you guys have just made a, a iPhone or phone kind of tripod mount, you watch these things of interest just in case, right? Is there ever that feeling of like, just in case like i know that the glyph is built to hold 
everything now because of its adjustable nature. But do you ever like as these things start to to get a bit closer, get just a tad worried that they might do something you didn't expect? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends. Uh, generally, at this point, it seems like kind of the the rumors are so good that I don't really have any anxiety about kind of what uh, what to expect with the iPhone. Uh, so I think the reason I'm going to be watching is just uh, to kind of discover what improvements are coming to the iPhone, specifically, obviously, the camera, because we're making an accessory for photography. And so it's kind of like what kind of story can we tell of, you know, how the glyph, you know, can work with the iPhone to do these types of things. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, it's funny how much we kind of like follow the rumors and stuff, because that was one of the, the reasons that really pushed us to like continue wanting to, you know, make the glyph and improve the glyph and make a new version is it was just like, you know, knowing that, uh, the, the camera and smartphones is like obviously going to continue improving. And, you know, the rumors with the dual camera and stuff, um, it seemed like a smart investment for us to kind of keep staying in that space. Yeah. I guess it's really a good thing for you to see Apple pushing the camera forward and it looks like this one's going to have potentially with the plus model the biggest revolution to the camera we've had in a long time right this dual camera model and I guess anything that Apple does there is only good for glyph business yeah definitely and it could be if they if they do if they do something with bokeh like the having shallow depth of field if they like do that with some fancy software stuff uh, and then especially a year from now, if they open that up to developers to kind of play with that depth data, uh, if that happens, if they announce like that kind of feature, that will be a huge thing for us. And I think it will actually change in significant ways like what we make next product-wise because if Apple makes a big push with this, the uh, smartphone cameras becoming kind of more DSLR replacements, uh, that completely changes the relationship you have with your smartphone as a camera. Like, there will be situations where it's like, I want to have a really nice hand grip or something because I'm going to be shooting all day like a wedding with this. Or like, it, it can it can really elevate uh, the device. And, and, and where we've had, I think, really nice success is finding opportunities in the kind of Apple accessory world where we were early, right? We were early with the glyph, right? We realized that this was a thing. And so if we pay really close attention to what Apple is doing, we have more opportunity to be early, right? Like same with the remote stand for the uh, Apple remote. Like because we're paying really close attention, we can like even, uh, we can like predict what are like maybe design problems with like, or not design problems, like areas for like improvement or like having an accessory for things that Apple hasn't even released yet, right? Just because we, we follow Apple so closely. So, yeah, for us, the, these events are, like, really important uh, for a lot of reasons. And, you know, I think because, you know, our friends and colleagues are all also in the Apple space, it's just, like, fun, you know, to, like... <laughs> yeah. It's, like, you know, it's, like, in the air, kind of. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it is really important. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll see. Yeah, I mean, to get to give a specific example of what you're just saying, uh, like, for example, we all, you know, the rumors seem to point to like the removal of the headphone jack. So, you know, what does that mean in terms of what Apple 
includes uh, with the iPhone for listening to audio. So if it is some kind of um, wireless earbud thing or whatever, it's like that that could potentially be a product opportunity, right? It's like maybe some kind of like charging cradle or something. I mean, I'm just like talking extemporaneously, like who knows what it's going to be or if there even is anything there. But those are the type of things we're kind of just like have circling in our minds when we're watching. So it's like just basically trying to see if there's any opportunities. And I guess, you know, if you've pointed out, like the benefit for you guys being kind of connected to this community as well is that you have the ability to see what the rumors are and to start thinking about products, you know, like just very loosely based on the rumors. So once you see them confirmed, you can actually set the balls in motion if there's something that really kind of takes hold. Yeah. And it used it used to be that when when the first couple iterations of the Glyph, you know, it was only for the iPhone. It wasn't adjustable. It was like form-fitting to the phone. And whenever uh, we would follow the rumors like, really closely and i would like do kind of crazy stuff to try to figure out what exactly the dimensions of like leaked things would be so that we could have the design ready to go basically right when the phone is announced and then we could get into production as quick as possible and we we were in this cycle where we would try to in between the apple announcement and the holidays get a glyph produced so that we could sell it for the hol- like sell it for the holidays and so it was this <laughs> Crap, crappy situation because it was like not much time and we had to like watch everything it's really nice now with the adjustability that you know we know that basically apple can, you know even if we didn't have the rumors like they wouldn't make something that wouldn't work basically um so we've kind of moved away from that which is nice but yeah it used to be that we were we <laughs> there was a lot writing on uh on these announcements but um but yeah i mean i I think these, those opportunities, like Dan mentioned, with like you know headphones or stuff, it, it is. I think we might even there might be a bigger deal to us than we even realize. Um, looking for those opportunities and being more conscious about uh, taking advantage of that timing uh, is like I think really important. And I guess maybe more than anything, the remote stand showed you how good when the timing's right, how good it can be, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that was a small scale and like, you know, but yeah, that, that, that kind of thing I think is, is really, can be really, really nice. I mean, it's riskier and and harder for sure to kind of hit those deadlines and stuff, but um, at least having our mind mindset to, you know, maybe have a gap in our schedule or, you know, just be kind of looking for those opportunities more. Uh, And, you know, that's also true for the software front. Like, you know, we've made like what, three or four apps and, uh, apps are very much a part of like our ongoing like future, um, and so WWDC is like a real time for us to kind of you know see if there's any like slow fast slow for instance came out of that exact situation where you know we were at WWDC they um, Apple basically like made it possible to uh, kind of uh change the speed of video in different ways and that's what enabled slow fast slow to exist and that app is like really popular uh and so it, that was a situation where you know it really helped like worked out for us to kind of be on topic like on it and uh be ready to kind of make something and then like just try it out and so yeah on the software side of things we're also kind of looking for stuff so we're married to apple in a lot of ways um so yeah, these these events uh, are important. 
And I guess, you know, recent events of maybe I'm speaking for you kind of just feeling like, look, just give in to that, right? Like, <laughs> this is what our people want. We'll give it to them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. Is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, well, it is. It's the thing that doesn't feel good about that is it's like, it's a dependency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we would still like to hope that that's not a real dependency. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think in reality, it probably kind of is, right? And so... Well, it is to an arm of your business, like because there is more yeah. than that. There is the cocktail stuff, right? Which is another arm of the business, which as we've spoken yeah. about many times, shows that there are other places you can go. But maybe right now, at least, your biggest audience, the biggest audience of people that you're able to sell products to is people that have pocket computers well and 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 they're just apple fans in general i mean like that's the thing it's like not only are they have apple products but they're just like you know apple fans right they're like enthusiasts so yeah i mean it that is like absolutely true and you know the the next couple months i think will really uh be a testament to that with some of the stuff that's coming out um so we'll see. But, uh, you know, Apple, the nice thing about Apple, though, is, you know, we, Dan and I aren't don't make Apple accessories because that's where the money is. We make them because, like, Apple is, like, the best tech company in terms of, like, taste and, like, our sensibilities and, and as far as we're concerned. And so it's, like, a nice company to be wed to in some ways just because we share a lot of their, you know, sensibilities and, like, taste and, you know, it also helps that they're huge. So it's a nice partner to kind of have a one-sided relationship, but hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Apple talks to us all the time. They yeah, call us oh, up yeah, and they're like, yeah. guys, guys, what should we do? <laughs> Can you make us a nice little camera attachment, you know, give us give us a reason for our camera to exist? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> help us out? <laughs> exactly. It's how it goes. You know, it's like how they... Uh, they they send me emails and they're like, "Hey, you should talk about this. Or come to our <laughs> event." You know, it's the Timmy same, C. Same deal. Timmy See? C. <laughs> He's I got him on speed dial. You know, it's a busy right. week for me as well. Like, yeah. And and the funny thing is, like, you know, similar to you guys, I have I had plans Wednesday. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, and and it's just this weird thing that it kind of just throws everything out the window because. An Apple event is as busy as I can be. It's like the, the for for a selection of my shows, it's the most popular those shows will be is to hear the conversation yeah. and discussion mm-hmm. about an Apple event and having people that I record shows with who actually attend these things, it is important to try and talk to them quickly because mm-hmm. there is a benefit to that, right? As in like, yeah. oh, here is a person that was there. But even though Funnily enough, the people that are there actually know less than the people that are watching. Yeah, <laughs> they know uh, the live but, streams and all the Twitter. And all yeah, stuff. and also like all the product pages go up, and you know the yeah. people mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. don't get to see any of that stuff because they're in a demo room, um, or they're traveling somewhere, or they're having lunch. You know, but like all this stuff is mm-hmm. happening. But like people want to hear what it was like in the room, and you know, obviously if they get any time with the products, how that feels. So. Like we have this with Jason. Like I have this with Jason mostly, right? On on upgrade, he tends to be at all of them. He's going to be at the one next week, so we mm-hmm. want to try and make sure that we get an episode out that day. You know, one of the things that we we try and be like first with it, right? Which isn't massively important, but we just pride ourselves on it. That after you know, within a number of hours of the event ending, 
there will be an episode of Upgrade yeah. which talks about this stuff. And then we use other shows where, like I said, and later in the week we'll do a connected where we'll kind of now we've had some time to sit on the announcements. What do we think of them? And it becomes like a a big arc. And the reason is because like the last three four months have built to this moment, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it ends up being a an interesting kind of crescendo. And then we have another three weeks afterwards where we're talking about the products. Products are released talk about the products and then we have to find other things to talk about again because now we've got nothing until june usually (laughs) (laughs) right nothing like nothing from apple i mean this time might be different there might be some laptops later in the year that kind of stuff but like from product releases you know and and it looks like apple might be spreading stuff out a little bit more ipad stuff in march wwc june and then september which would be a Mm -hmm. much nicer thing for us as like a You've got every three months there's something happening, mm-hmm. except for then you've got the six-month gap over the holidays, but whatever you can do. We have mm-hmm. to think yeah. of fun things to talk about. But yeah, it is an interesting <laughs> thing where I have shows that are completely tied to the movements of, of this company. Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, we talk about other technology stuff, but there's the, the, the core focus is always what's happening in Apple because, as you rightly pointed out, there are lots of people that care about them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I those people that care about them like really care about them, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh yeah, and it's funny, this year we're actually I can't say what, but we're like re- we're timing a product release like with the announcement kind of. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's some and, and and that, you know, that even goes deeper, right? It's like <laughs> this deadline, like everything is like Apple. And it's so crazy because, I mean, we had a good guess, right? But we didn't even know when that deadline was until, you know, a couple of days ago, right? So it's like, you know, this weird situation where you, you're kind of on the leash of a dog you have no control of, over, right? Like it's like <laughs> you, uh, you have no control over what the behemoth does. Uh, absolutely no control, which, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess the nice thing about Apple is they are very consistent. So there is some, you know, I kind of I guess control there in in some ways. But uh, it's it's I don't know. It makes it doesn't make it super exciting. Like it, it because when we tie a lot of things to the release, it does make uh, it does make things exciting. So that's fun. And that was your idea, Mike. So we have. We have you to thank or blame if it doesn't go well. I wondered if you were going to mention that. Yeah, so (laughs) the kind of the backstory is, I mean, we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode when we see how it goes, right, when we record our next show. Mm -hmm. But uh, you guys had a product and you were going to be releasing it, but it was most likely going to be, and it is tied to what is likely to be announced. And I convinced you to announce the product after the event, not before. So let's yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it does it. It uh, adds a nice tingle to the air, especially like with XOXO being basically around the same time too. It's a very, uh, very busy time, but it's good. Thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you'd like to find out more about this show, go to relay.fm slash tc slash 17. And hey, don't forget to recommend us to your friends. See you next time.